Chapter 16. Get off me, says the dark in my chest. Please get off me. But it did not move. I stood up. I kept hold of the letter. I picked up a bologna sandwiches, and I staggered out of room 102. I went into the office of Goodnight Safe Tight because I did not know where else to go. Bernice was behind the counter. A tragedy was occurring. The darkness had descended, and Granny was gone. But Bernice's hair was still in curlers. Here's something I have learned. You should never expect help from someone who perpetually has their hair in curlers. What was I to do? Where could I turn? I didn't even know who I was. Good evening, said Bernice. What now? said Bernice. I guess that was impossible for her to be a friendly person, no matter how hard she tried. Not that she was trying. I am wondering if you've seen my granny recently. And she gave you any information, I said. Seen your granny? said Bernice. What information? Don't tell me your granny's missing. She's not missing, I said. Then why are you looking for her? said Bernice. She narrowed her eyes. I narrowed my eyes back at her, but the dark thing was still on my chest, and it was very hard for me to breathe. I turned away from Bernice. I bent over and put my hands on my knees. I closed my eyes and concentrated on my breathing. Who am I? Who am I? That was the question my heart kept beating out. When I opened my eyes, I saw the alligator staring at me. He was an incredibly ferocious-looking alligator, but he also seemed perplexed, as if he were thinking. How in the world did a dangerous man-eating alligator like me end up dead in the office at the Goodnight Sleep Tight Motel? There's something very sad about contemplating a perplexed stuffed alligator when it is dark outside. You do not know who you are, or who your parents were, or anything about yourself at all. What are you doing? said Bernice. Well, yes, that was the question, wasn't it? I'm communicating with the alligator, I said. Oh. Said Bernice, you're communi- communing with the alligator. Of course you are. I suppose the next you'll be speaking with the vending machine. And that reminds me, let me tell you something about Brick Allen and the vending machine. Make a little quarter-shaped piece of metal in the, ma- in the machine shop of her father's, and he puts the metal into the vending machine and takes what he wants without paying for a thing. It's a theft. That is a crime. Burke? Burke Allen, who gave me two sandwiches? When I only asked for one, Burke Allen had a crony named Clarence. I could feel the dark thing on top of me lifting up, peeling away. Burke Allen would help me. Burke Allen would know what to do. I stood up straight. I turned around and faced Bernice. Thank you very much, I said, even though she did not help me with anything at all. Be polite up to the last minute. Be polite until they absolutely force you not to be. That was what the woman named Granny always advised. I left the good and tight office and did not look back. Chapter 17. How hard could it be to find a pink house in the woods? Well, it turned out to be harder than I expected. To begin with, it was dark and I could not see where I was going. And there were trees everywhere and tall grass and mean bushes. Also, it was unnecessarily windy. Something was flying over my head and I did not think it was a bird. Under the best of circumstances, I had never been able to tell one direction from another. And these are not the best of circumstances. Circumstances, sorry. 
I kept hoping that Clarence would appear and lead me to the pink house and to Brooke Allen. In the story of Pinocchio, Pinocchio was lost and walked into the woods, and a blind cat and a lame fox come along and tell him a lot of lies. I made up my mind so that I was going to listen to anyone who told me lies. Of course, thinking about lies made me think about Granny. That is, I thought about the woman who I once believed to be my Granny, even though she has absolutely no relation to mine. I can tell you one thing. Whoever she was, she was certainly a big old liar. I was never going to speak to her again, and I hoped that she remained toothless until the end of time. Oh, I was mad. And also, I was lost. And then I fell into a hole. It was not a deep hole, and that was fortunate. But it was deep enough to make me lose my balance and fall to the ground and drop the letter and bowling sandwiches. I stood up. My ankle hurt. So I went back down to my hands and knees. I crawled around in the dark woods, looking for the letter and sandwiches. And because it was dark, it was hard to find anything. And my goodness, I was lonely. And I wished that the blind cat and the lame fox would show up, even if they're just going to tell me lies. It would be nice to have some company. I crawled around some more and found both bologna sandwiches. That was a good thing. But I could not find the letter. The wind had taken it away. It was gone, gone, gone. Just like Granny, I started to cry. I cried and cried. But since who knew what was going to happen next, I certainly had no idea. And as it seemed like a good idea to keep my strength up in such a dark and windy world, I ate one bologna sandwich and then I ate the other one. I cried the whole time I ate them. Both sandwiches were very good. Imagine Granny lying to me about bologna. Should have put something in her letter apologizing for all the lies she had told me, including the lies about baloney. Then I remembered that Granny was not my Granny, and that I had lost the letter information that me of that fact. I stood up, but I was still hurt to stand on my ankle. So I went back down to my hands and knees, and I crawled all over the ground looking for the stupid letter. I started to cry harder and louder, and it was very hard to breathe. And everything smelled like bologna and a little bit of orange cheese. The world was so dark, I am not know that I've ever encountered such darkness. So you can imagine how surprised I was when a bright light shone out of the darkness and voice said, What in the Sam Hill? I stared into the light, I said. I'm looking for a letter in a pink house and a boy named Burke Allen. And then I fainted. The next thing I remember is being carried. I smell something sweet. I said, What does that smell? A man's voice answered me. He said, That's cake, darling. I like that answer very much. I think that cake is a very good word in general. And that people should use it as an answer to questions more often. Darling is a nice word, too. The smell, the cake smell got stronger and sweeter. And then I saw the pink house. I was so happy that I must have passed out again. Just from sheer joy.